You're listening to the Look Right Naked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bach. This is the podcast for men and women who want to look right naked without living in the gym. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Do you want to get to 10% body fat in your 30s, 40s, or even 50s? If so, you are not alone. And today, I'm going to break down the step-by-step process that I use to help my client, John, get down to 10% body fat. And if you're on YouTube, if you're checking out the video version of this, you're going to see before and afters and some of the things that we did specifically to break down and simplify this process. But if you're like John, if you're a guy who's been active your entire life, but finding that it's just getting a little bit harder to make progress, this is built specifically for you. Because John, like many guys, working 50, 60 hours per week with a high pressure job and a lot of other demands directly on his life. And so what I'm gonna do is break down these step-by-step process, help you understand the key principles and the methods that you need to apply to not only get into great shape, but learn how to maintain it for the long run, right? So what you need to do here, grab your notebook, take some notes. This is gonna be something that's gonna be very practical, very usable for you to apply right away. And these are direct aspects that we teach inside of the Look Great Naked protocol. And specifically, I want you to pay attention to this last key point that we tie in today because it's gonna make sure that everything ties together, specifically if it feels like you're often working hard and doing the right things, but not making progress. Are you ready? Let's do it. When it comes to losing body fat and looking great naked, everyone focuses on training, they focus on nutrition. These things are definitely important, but one thing that nobody really focuses on is what we call synergy, meaning we need synergy between your training, between your nutrition, and between your lifestyle. And so imagine, we need these things to play off of each other. If they don't, your body cannot necessarily make the optimal progress that it would otherwise. And let me give you a quick example. Let's take the classic former athlete, somebody who is training hard in the gym. Maybe they're following a CrossFit style workout. So they're hitting a lot of interval training, high intensity, a lot of cardiovascular aspects also tied in. In other words, it's pretty intense. Now, if we combine that with say a lower carbohydrate paleo style diet and five or six hours of sleep and about five coffees. Great. This is something I see all the time, but here's the issue, right? Even though this training might have some great benefits for it and be better than what most people are doing, even if this diet might be quote unquote healthy, well, if it doesn't factor in the fact that the person is not getting enough sleep, if they are not optimized hormonally at this point, if they have all these other external stressors on their life, they're not going to be able to recover from it. And this is the big trap that many people run into is they keep their training basically the same for decades. They do not factor in the fact that stress is increasing, right? And so when your stress gets higher from work, from your financial responsibilities, maybe from having a family in conjunction with more mild on your joints. And finally, we wrap it up with potentially having hormone levels that are no longer optimized the way that they were when you were 25. You can't apply all the other same methods and expect the same result, even if you understand the key principles. No, we have less room for error. There's less wiggle room. And so what you need to do is make sure that there's balance, that there's balance between the type of training that you're doing and the nutrition protocol that you're following and your ability to recover. Because if you don't, well, then it's going to feel like you're doing a lot of the right things, and you probably are, but because you're not fully in alignment, your body is not able to take advantage of the hard work that you're putting in. And so synergy and keeping that alignment between your training, your nutrition, and your lifestyle, in many cases, is the missing factor. Now, that's a bit abstract. So let's jump into a few of the key principles that we talk about regarding nutrition and regarding training so you can put together a tangible plan that fits specifically for you. 
So the first component, this is what we call our look great naked nutrition protocol. And what we need to understand regarding fat loss, specifically if you want to see your abs, is it is not a linear process, meaning you're not just going to lose one pound per day, one pound per day, one pound per day, because you put your, you know, you put your body weight and your activity level into some online calculator. It doesn't work that way because your body is an adaptive machine. Your metabolism adapts as you go through different diet protocols based on genetics, based on different things that you've done in the past. And so one of the issues that people face is they just think, I'm just going to take my calories down, keep them low for as long as possible, and I'm going to lose body fat. It's not quite that simple. And instead, what we focus on and what we did specifically with John is what we call our insulin reboot protocol. And what our insulin reboot protocol is... This is 16-8 intermittent fasting with a lower carbohydrate approach, meaning you go 16 hours where you do not eat and then you eat all of your calories within an eight-hour window. And we limit this to only about 30 days because in many cases, intermittent fasting can be a stressor. More on that later. However, here's why we do this. When we reduce the time window in which you're eating, it becomes simple to eat fewer calories, right? It's just very simple, especially if you're busy, if you're on the go in the morning, a lot of times we just eliminate that first meal and voila, you can continue on with the rest of your day and create a calorie deficit to trigger fat loss. But in addition with intermittent fasting and some of the big benefits here, one, we can also reduce food cravings. So if you're not thinking about food all the time because you're used to eating every three to four hours, we can start to offset some of those shifts in your body. We can change ghrelin, which helps regulate hunger signals inside of our body and crush those cravings. We can reduce food choices. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is eating so many different foods and by extension, they gradually overeat those foods, right? This becomes a very tough, slippery slope. If you look at the people who have the best physiques in the world, they're consistently eating most of the same foods each and every single day. And while this doesn't mean you need to be a Tupperware toting dweeb and carrying that around every place you go, or when you're going out to a steakhouse with your boys to be measuring everything out on a food scale, it doesn't mean that, but it does mean that we want to simplify your food choices so you have fewer decisions to make. And most people are overwhelmed with all the decisions they need to make throughout the day already. And food just becomes an afterthought where they buy something that's simple, it's straightforward, that you know, isn't necessarily going to be alignment with our goals. So when you use intermittent fasting and reducing those food choices, that's going to make a huge difference. Now, when we go lower carbohydrate and we reduce the number of times you're eating throughout the day, we can improve insulin sensitivity. And without going into a full physiology lesson here, what I want you to think about in regards to intermittent fasting is this. When you eat fewer times throughout the day, you have fewer spikes in insulin. Over time, your body becomes more effective with its use of insulin when you're eating. So if you think about it this way, your body is essentially becoming more efficient at taking the food that you're using and partitioning it. It's going to use the carbohydrates more for, more for generating power, for generating speed, for refueling muscle glycogen after hard training instead of every time you look at a piece of sourdough bread, that shit ends up around your waistline, right? And so over time, and when we use this insulin reboot protocol by creating a calorie deficit, by having fewer meals, by having fewer carbohydrates, we can improve how efficient your body is going through and actually using the foods that you eat. And when we combine that with, cru with crushing some different cravings and hunger signals, not only will this help you lose body fat aggressively within the first 30 days, it also helps you do everything else more effective from that point going forward. But here's the issue. You see, most people see a diet that works incredibly well, specifically diets like intermittent fasting and lower carbohydrate diets, and they stick with them forever. Well, here is where people run into issues. If you stick with a diet that is too aggressive, 
for too long, pretty soon your body does start to fight you. And this can happen anywhere from four to six weeks when, according to the research, a calorie deficit of 30 plus percent, right? And so even if you're not tracking calories here, just understand this concept. If you diet too long, your body's going to fight you back. And so what we do after 30 days is we tend to pivot directly out of what we call this insulin reboot protocol, and we start to increase meal frequency. So we're eating four times per week, or sorry, four times per day with about 40 grams of protein every four hours. We call this our 4-4-40 method. And so what this does, and especially as we increase carbohydrates, we're still able to stick into a calorie deficit, but it's less aggressive, meaning you're going to have more fuel directly for your training. You're going to have more carbohydrates to support the things that you're doing. And as a result, you're going to be able to continue losing body fat, having more energy without as stressful as an approach directly on your diet. So if we're looking at, say, the first two months of this, here's exactly what it looks like. Intermittent fasting, 16-8 protocol. The foods that you're going to eat here are going to be primarily lean protein and vegetables. You're going to try to stay away from most starchy carbohydrates, refined sugars, all of that stuff for the 30 days. The sample day of eating here could be as follows. One, intermittent fasting in the morning, so you're drinking about 100 ounces of water per day minimum and some coffee. On top of that, at lunch, it could be something like a chicken salad. Very simple with a lot of veggies. Um, at uh, middle of the afternoon, you could be having a protein shake directly around your training. Then evening could be steak or chicken, vegetables, Brussels sprouts, whatever that you want. It's going to be a very simple, straightforward, clean eating plan for the first 30 days because it's going to make everything else function more effectively. After that phase, we want to make sure that we pivot directly out of it. We don't want to stay in that aggressive, low carbohydrate aspect for, for too long. Now what we do is we start to implement our 4-4-40 method, meaning we're going to have four meals, four hours apart, each with at least 40 grams of protein. This is going to make sure that you have enough lean protein directly in your diet. This is going to help make sure that we have adequate fuel to make sure that you're able to perform with your workout and make sure that your body does not want to fight you when it comes to fat loss. And so in this case, what we do is now we can look at potentially tracking calories, looking at like a 20% calorie deficit. And this can be a very simple, straightforward way in order to do it. I'm not going to go through all the calculations. I don't want to drive you absolutely nuts. If you do have questions on that, just reach out to me. Uh, but that gives you a good framework from where we go at that point. And so what we want to think about here is now we've got eight weeks of fairly aggressive fat loss going on. And we need to reevaluate what somebody's body is doing. And so in John's case, it was, hey, he's making good progress, but he's starting to notice more stress. He's starting to have more cravings. So we actually had to bring his calories back up towards maintenance for a few weeks and then drive them back down. And this is what we need to understand from a nutritional perspective when it comes to losing body fat. You can't just stay in a calorie deficit forever. Your body's going to start to fight you. And if you start to notice things like stress, like increased cravings, digestive issues, being very lethargic, you're getting sick more often, it's a good chance that your body's definitely fighting you based on the additional stressor of being in a calorie deficit. So what you need to be able to do is develop a way to be able to increase calories, give your body a little bit of a break, and then take your steps right back down. Remember, fat loss is not linear. You need a structured system to be able to aggressively lose body fat, but do so in a way that's going to be practical and a way that's going to be sustainable. And that's exactly what we teach inside the Look Right Naked protocol. Now, what does the training side of things look like? Here's what we need to consider. One of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to losing body fat is they automatically train longer, harder, and more intense. Here's the problem with that. When you increase your training intensity and your volume in all these different components, you're failing to take into account that your body has fewer resources from which to recover. So if you're eating less, and then you try to train a lot more, 
okay, well, that might work for a little bit because you're going to burn a few more calories, but it becomes overly stressful on your body. And in fact, many cases, what happens if we do this too often or too long, we start to lose some lean muscle. We start to feel more run down. Our body gets stressed out. We can potentially increase cortisol, which can increase actually body fat and then lead to more muscle loss, neither of which is great. And so one of the biggest issues that we face here is when we have training intensity that's too high, too many workouts, all these components tied in, well, your body starts to fight you. In addition, you start to have more cravings and eventually cravings tend to win out. And then we overeat, knock ourselves out of a calorie deficit and voila, we're frustrated because it feels like we're doing everything right, but nothing is working. So what do we actually need to do to be able to lose body fat? What did John specifically do at age 40 to get to sub 10% body fat? Here's what we did. Number one, John had a lot of injuries, knees, elbows, shoulders. These things were beaten up from years of training hard. So instead of just focusing on things like the squat, bench, and deadlift, we focused on the movement pattern and then found the right exercises specifically. So in his case, instead of just doing back squats, we would do a safety bar squat or a safety bar squat to a box. A very simple, straightforward approach. <clears throat> easier on the wrist, easier on the shoulders, easier on his, on his back. And that created a great way to create progressive overload and train his lower body without beating up his joints. In terms of shoulders, instead of using a barbell bench press, a Swiss bar or a football bar, which puts your hands in a neutral grip position and allows you to still train fairly heavy, hit some of those big key lifts without beating up your shoulders quite as much. And then deadlifts, instead of force feeding the barbell deadlift like you see so many coaches do, well, we use a trap bar. And because the trap bar centers the load directly with his body, much easier on his lower back. And so what you need to think about when it comes to your training is you don't want to train directly through your injuries. You want to be able to train around them, find exercises that fit movement patterns versus force fitting exercises that you might be emotionally attached to because you've loved doing them for so long. Eventually what happens is if you not get to the point where these injuries keep popping up, keep popping up, keep popping up, eventually they're going to compromise your ability to stay consistent. And when you can't stay consistent in the gym, well, my friend, that is when we fall apart. Now we've got joint friendly training. What we need to do here is train four times per week for about 45 minutes. And the reason we like to do this when we're training muscle groups multiple times throughout the week, we can trigger muscle protein synthesis and create tension and activation directly in those muscles. And we want to do this, especially in a calorie deficit, because we need to send that signal directly from your brain to your muscles that says, guess what? Even though we're burning calories, even though we're trying to lose some of this weight that we have right now, we need to hold on to this muscle tissue because it's essential for survival. And when we train heavy enough, when we train with the right focus, the right intensity on these exercises, what we do is we create that signal, which tells our body we need to preserve lean muscle. And when we preserve lean muscle, when we're training for fat loss, that's what prevents us from losing it, right? We, when we don't lose that muscle, our metabolism can stay strong. We avoid plateaus. And that's exactly what we want. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, do you want to be the person who just loses weight and you lose a lot of muscle and you lose strength and fu functional capacity and pretty soon you're tripping over your feet and look skinny fat? No, you don't want that shit. You want to be somebody who is strong, who's jacked, who's athletic. And so your training when it comes to fat loss should be very similar to what it is when you're trying to build lean muscle. It should not just turn into some crazy interval training shit. It should not turn into a bunch of high rep exercises. That's not what it should be. It should be very similar to when you're building lean muscle because the type of training that helps you build lean muscle in the calorie surplus is gonna be the best for maintaining lean muscle when you're losing body fat. So four days per week, an upper lower training split, about 45 minutes, four to six exercises per session is gonna be perfect. 
And you still want to be training some of the heavier rep schemes. Sets of five, sets of six, sets of eight are going to be a great hybrid where you have enough tension on your muscles and enough volume to be able to hold on to those things directly. Now, we've all heard the phrase that abs are made in the kitchen. It's true, kind of. But a more true statement is abs are forged in the gym and revealed in the kitchen. Meaning, if you can build your abs to the point where they are more muscular, more muscular abs become more visible. More visible abs are going to have deeper cuts and stay more, more visible even if your body fat percentage is a little bit higher. And instead of just training your abs like you see so many people do with thousands of crunches and doing daily work on them, a much better option is to train your abs like any other muscle, meaning they need high tension. They need enough tension and a combination of metabolic stress to actually build and grow. So the idea isn't to do a thousand crunches after every single workout because all of a sudden you feel your abs burning. Instead, you still want to be training them in the heavy rep schemes of eight to 12 reps. Things like cable crunches, ab wheel rollouts, hanging leg raises. These are all incredible exercises, not to mention what's going to be hit when you're talking about things like front squats and deadlifts in your major compound exercises. And we want to be able to focus on training your abs specifically because as it comes back to, if we're looking for visible abs as the key point, well, if we build that lean tissue up while we're getting leaner, they're going to become more visible and stay more visible, even at higher body fat percentages. The next key to having visible abs and keeping them past the age of 40 is what we call progressive programming, meaning Fat loss isn't linear. We talked about that already. Instead, what we need to do is we need to coax that fat off and then become in tune with the shifts and with the changes that our body is making. So this means there are going to be time periods when you need to ramp things up in terms of a calorie deficit, push them more aggressively because you're sleeping well, you don't have any cravings, and you're seeing numbers perform well. Now, the third component of seeing your abs after 40 is proactive stress reduction. Coach Jordan Poggle of the Bach Performance team has a great saying. If you are not actively reducing stress, stress is actively working on you. Meaning if we're not taking care of things like optimizing our sleep, if we're not getting out of our head and into our body, if we're not focused on a gratitude practice, on meditation, well, the stress that we have from a lack of sleep, from family, from occupation, from watching way too much bullshit on CNN and Fox News, all of this stuff acts on our body. And stress, cortisol, is a blunt tool. Your body can't differentiate the stress of being in a long-term calorie deficit from getting cut off in traffic, from getting into a fight with your spouse, right? And so when we have stress from all these different areas, it's going to change what we can physiologically accomplish at any given time. So what we need to focus on, especially with stress being higher, typically as we get a little bit older is reduce it. So here are the daily things that I recommend. And for me, stress reduction begins actually the night before. So the first thing that I do is actually pull up my journal and I write down what I need to be doing each step of the day. So when I wake up in the morning, I have a clean slate. I know exactly what I need to be doing and when I need to be doing it. For me, operating with a clear-cut plan reduces stress because I just knock things out. The following morning when I wake up, here's how the day begins. The first thing I do, well, after I start brewing my coffee, is I sit down and I use the Headspace app for a 10-minute meditation. Meditation, listen, we can talk about all the benefits of that later on, but simple and straightforward. Meditation is going to help you proactively reduce stress and become more focused and present. And frankly, for me, at least a better human being. The second thing that I do is I write in my five-minute journal. And this is a great tool for a gratitude practice. And inside the five-minute journal, basically, there's a little quote at the top. Yeah, a little bit cheesy. And then we have three things that you're grateful for. 
then three things that'll make the day great, and then an affirmation. Later on at the end of the day, you come back through and you write three wins that you had for the day. Now, if you're like most people, you're pushing hard towards your goals and you have a tendency to look forward without taking a step back and really reflecting back on what's working and what's going well. And in many cases, creating this gratitude practice in the beginning of the day, one, it sets you into a positive mindset. And then in addition, getting clear on what would actually determine success for the day allows you to proactively make sure that that happens and then retroactively look back, engage the progress that you're making each and every single day, right? Progress is best measured backward, not forward. And so if we don't take the time to actually look at what we've accomplished, it becomes very difficult to stay happy, to stay low stress, to stay focused on what our big goals are. And so when I combine those basic activities for stress reduction, that makes a huge difference. In addition to that, listen, there are a lot of stressful things in the world. So if you notice different inputs that are creating more stress in your life, it's best to proactively reduce them. Like I don't watch the news. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want that in my psyche. If there's something really important, yeah, I'm going to hear about it. It doesn't mean I'm in the dark, but I'm not going to be living watching CNN, Fox News, or any of that other bullshit because it's gonna create more stressors directly in my life. And what happens on the back end of stress? Well, I'll tell you. Let's say you're stressed out. You've had a long day. Maybe you don't have any good food choices at home. What kind of food choice are you gonna make? Even if your goal is fat loss, and even if you're disciplined, and even if you really, really wanna get in a better shape. Well, we don't rise to our level of motivation. We tend to fall to our level of preparation. And in the case of stress, this is when self-sabotage behaviors come in, whether it is having a nightcap at night to decrease stress, whether it is ending up elbow deep in a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Whatever the case, stress reduction throughout the day is crucial to being able to make and keep the promises that you keep to yourself and to stay on track, especially for fat loss. The biggest component when it comes to reducing stress is going to be sleep. Now we could do a full episode on sleep, but here are three tips that you can take to immediately improve your sleep. Number one, reduce blue light exposure within one hour of going to bed. If needed, use a blue light blocking glass, but when that bright blue light that is going to slow down the secretion of melatonin and decrease sleep quality. So stay away from those screens as much as you can before bed. Guys, just pick up a damn book and read it. Number two, get up and go to bed at roughly the same time, seven days per week. Yet this advice really sucked in my mid twenties, but listen, we're not at that point anymore, right? If you are going out on the weekend and then you are all of a sudden trying to get up on Monday morning and wondering why you're lethargic because you stayed up till one or two in the morning every evening, right? Well, you're effectively giving yourself jet lag each and every single week and it's going to take three to four days to really get back in tune. So when you wake up and go to bed at the same time each and every single day, that's going to help optimize that circadian rhythm. It's going to help you sleep that much better. Then my third tip is wake up. When you wake up at the same time each day, go for a 10 to 15 minute walk around sunrise. And the reason we want to do this is twofold. One, do we burn a few calories? Sure. But more importantly, when you get out and you start to get some of that natural sunlight into your eyes, one, that's going to help wake you up. That's going to help improve vitamin D absorption. That's also going to help set the circadian clock inside of your head to start getting tired 16 hours later that evening so you can stick to that plan. So if you do those three things, your sleep is going to improve, which is also going to lead to that improvement when it comes to overall stress reduction. Okay. So when it comes to getting abs after 40, what are the things that John specifically focused on? So number one, when it came to nutrition, we focused 
First on the insulin reboot protocol, 16-8 intermittent fasting with a lower carbohydrate approach for the first 30 days. We did this because it's going to help improve insulin sensitivity, going to help reduce food cravings and help his body become more efficient at fuel utilization the entire duration. Now, from that point, we don't want to stick with low carb. We don't want to stick with a hyper aggressive diet for far too long because your body is going to start to fight you. So what did we do? Well, we started implementing our 4440 fat loss method. So in this case, this meant four meals, four hours apart with at least 40 grams of protein, meaning he's getting adequate protein to be able to trigger fat loss. And then we're keeping that calorie deficit 20-ish percent from that point. No, fat loss is not going to be linear. Instead, there'll be time periods after eight to 12 weeks in John's case, where he had to increase calories up for a couple of weeks and then bring them right back down, hopping on the same exact plan. The big understanding you need to have here is fat loss is not going to be linear. There are going to be times we've got to bring things up and bring them back down. On the training side of things, remember the most important thing you need to remember is when you're in a calorie deficit, your body can't recover the same way that it would if you're in a calorie surplus. So your training should be very similar to what it would be if you're trying to build lean muscle because the workouts that best build muscle will help retain lean muscle when it comes to fat loss. And when you retain lean muscle when it comes to fat loss, you can prevent any metabolic slowdown and make sure that you look strong, lean, and athletic, not skinny fat. And to do that, we have to make sure that our intensity and our volume isn't too high. In fact, in most cases, I find that four workouts for 45 minutes tends to be the sweet spot when it comes to losing body fat. In addition to that, 10,000 steps per day, that's a basic barometer that you should focus on for wellness and for fat loss. More cardio might be needed later on, but in most cases, it's really not until we dial in all these other aspects. And finally, we need to proactively reduce stress. If we don't proactively reduce stress, we fall out of what we call synergy, that balance between your training, your nutrition, and your lifestyle. And proactive stress reduction comes down to optimizing your sleep. It comes down to making adjustments to your training, to your nutrition, based on the biofeedback that you're getting directly from your body. Remember, your stress levels are likely higher than they were at different points in your life. And dieting itself is also a stressor. So if we don't take that into account, this is where self-sabotaging behaviors tend to come in and really sideline people when they're making great results when it comes to fat loss. So we have to proactively reduce stress with, with things like meditation, mindfulness, gratitude, and optimizing sleep. And when we do that, that allows our body to more efficiently function and burn body fat and make use of all the hard work that we're putting in in the gym and in the kitchen. So where can you find a system that actually stacks success that will step-by-step -step show you not only how to lose body fat and see your abs at 40 or beyond, but how to keep it? Well, that's our Look Great Naked protocol. So listen, if you want more information on that, very simple. All you gotta do, reach out to me over on Instagram at Bach Performance. Send me a private message saying lean, and I will show you the step-by-step process that you need to build your best body, and more importantly, to keep it. Gang, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much. And if you found value from this episode, please do me a favor, hit subscribe, drop me a five-star review, and we'll send something special your way. Hey, it's Eric here again. Before heading out, I want you to shoot me a message over on Instagram at Bach Performance. So let me know what do you want to hear next on the podcast, and we'll create an episode specifically for you. Until next time, my friend, remember, fitness should improve your life, not consume it.